As Lee already informed you, he's been teaching for over 43 years, and just watching his energy, I think it's going to be for 43 more. <laughs> I've never known anybody with so much energy. Lee's a native of uh, Shreveport, and he teaches non-native uh, English speakers at Turner Elementary Middle School. Um, and he is also very active in the Hispanic community, helping the families in times of need, which, as you know, are a lot. Lee is a native of Shreveport, as I said, and he spends his time between Mexico and taking care, as his mother likes to inform him, of his sweet teacher, mother. Lee plans to eventually retire and move to Mexico, where he and his partner have their house in Querétaro. Again, please enjoy Lee Spruill. Thank you. I just wanted to say something. I was kind of shocked we've been playing the soundtrack to the movie Coco. But the last song you just heard by Verona is by the beautiful daughter, Rosa Aldera, the daughter of Janine. <laughs> and we both, I, I heard you started crying. I'm a crier, so if I start crying, uh, don't pay any attention. But Janine and I have been uh, working together on Day of the Dead Project in Shreveport for 15 years with this department earlier. Uh, this is something that's dear and dear to my heart. My friend Juan uh, suggested that I start out with uh, explaining the altar. I don't know if anybody really knows what Day of the Dead is. It is not uh, Mexican Halloween. Although since the movie, what's the, the 007 movie that came out just a couple of years ago? Since that time, they had this big parade. Well, now in Mexico, just about every large city has a large parade where people dress up in uh, costumes. One of the most popular costumes is La Catrina and El Catrín, the gentleman and the lady. And she is not, she's a lady, but uh, it's to show the everyman. Uh, they, they're nouveau riche. Uh, they haven't quite figured out how to be rich, and uh, so they're here as the um, want-to-bes. Uh, the altar, the altar is the physical part, and the ofrenda are all of the things that are on it. There are normally at least three levels rising up uh, to heaven. You marigold flowers are native to Mexico. All of the marigolds in the world have originated uh, from marigolds in Mexico and Central America. They grow wild like weeds. Now in Mexico, they uh, go to the forest and buy uh, hybrid marigolds, the big puffy ones like you uh, see here. But um, they would never use artificial uh, flowers in an ofrenda in Mexico. Uh, that's part of the deal. Xochitl, uh, there's a goddess of the flowers. My uh, husband, his name is Miguel Angel Ramos Xochitlioxin. And the Xochitlioxin 
the family name is Guardians of the Temple of the Goddess of the Flowers. And their family business for 2,000 years or so has been selling flowers. Uh, I just sent my contribution uh, to the family pot uh, earlier in the week. At the beginning of, of Christmas and Day of the Dead, Day of the Dead is a big time to go to the cemetery. Everyone goes to the cemetery and cleans the plots and puts fresh flowers. So flower vendors line up outside the cemeteries. It's time to make some money. And in our family, everybody puts in money into the pot to buy the flowers initially. And then at the end, you, you divvy it up. Um, and I, I won't get anything because I didn't work. Uh, I just put in money, but I will get my money back. Um, the, like I said, Katrina, the skulls are not to be scary. Uh, the skulls are just to remind us that normally they're beautiful works of art. Uh, are not to be scary. It's not Halloween. And uh, like I said, death is much more a part of life in Mexico and in Latin America than it is here. We tend as Americans to, to not think about death, to hide from death, to shy away from death, to run from death. But in Latin America where families are large, there's always someone in your family that's dying. I mean, Funerals are a big thing. I've already planned my funeral. Uh, I, uh, I mean, it's been something I've, I've dreamed about. And the whole family, I'm gonna be put in a casket, I'm gonna be cremated, but I'm gonna have a casket uh, for the path to the cemetery. And um, that, a mariachi band will go in front of me and then all of the relatives will walk behind me uh, singing uh, like a, it's like a jazz funeral in New Orleans. In the cemetery, I'm going to be buried, Miguel and I will be buried with, on top of his mother. We'll take a post hole digger and uh, dig the hole and drop the uh, container of ashes uh, into the grave. And uh, that's not uncommon. In some places, uh, there will be nine or ten people buried on top of each other, family members, because of the uh, cemetery space is limited. Bread of the Dead is another part of the uh, ofrenda. And this is bread that's only sold this time of the year. And it's seasoned with anise and it's symbolic. These, these things right here on the bread are bones. And this big round circle on top is a tear, a lagrima that's fallen onto the bone. This all in, in most households, I mean, the, you'll buy it huge for someone like Frida Kahlo or Diego Rivera or some ex-president, they will have huge loaves of bread and build uh, offerings for uh, them. The pictures are here to remind us of our uh, departed uh, loved ones. And if I hope that all of you, if you haven't seen it, you have to see uh, Coco. Coco is one of the most wonderful movies I've ever seen in my life. I've probably watched it with my students and alone over 25 times. And it's always the song that we sang during the uh, collection uh, process 
is where Miguel comes back from the land of the dead to visit his great-grandmother for one last time. And he comes in, the family's angry with him because he's been gone, and he sings that song to his grandmother, and she remembers her father, and he's able to come back to life as a dead person, and the next uh, year for Day of the Dead, come back to visit his family. Uh, I've watched that movie 25 times or more, and every time I see that scene of him singing to his grandmother, I'm crying, and I'll talk about, you know, I'm talking about, <laughs> you know, and it's just the most touching thing. Uh, fruit, you always put food on the altar. Initially, like my Miguel, uh, not the boy in the movie, uh, is building an offering to the house. He sent me pictures. He took everything where the altar will be. He cleaned the entire house, and he... He loves to mop floors, but he hates the dust and that type of thing. But he had to take everything. He keeps an altar all year round. Took everything off the altar, dusted it, and um, he'll put it back up starting this week. So it'll be ready by the uh, day of the dead. And uh, so fruit will keep on it all week. It's also in the color scheme. Like I said, day of the dead got its origins from the migration of the monarch butterflies. The monarch butterflies are, this time of the year, are flying back to Michoacan to winter over in Michoacan before they uh, give birth to other monarch butterflies and die. Uh, and the ancient Azteca in Tenochtitlan, what is now Mexico City, believed that the monarch butterflies were the spirits of their ancestors coming back to bless them. And so there were huge celebrations. And at that time, it was, I mean, you, masses of butterflies. Uh, we've eliminated their uh, habitat, and so we're almost at the point of extinction for the monarch butterflies. But they would celebrate. So the colors of Day of the Dead are orange for the uh, marigolds and yellow. And that fits into the skin. Uh, food would be put on the altar on the last day. And uh, it goes in the Catholic Church, in the Episcopal Church, it's known as All Saints Day and All Souls Day. And so you would put it one day uh, on the first day, November the 1st, and then you would eat it with the family on the second day. And I don't know how Mexicans don't die of food poisoning, but... <laughs> They can, they can, food sits out for the longest. My mama would have that food in the refrigerator in a Dallas minute. But they, I mean, like there are always beans sitting on the stove. Always beans sitting on the stove. And when somebody comes in, are you hungry? Turn on that, heat them up, and serve them and eat them. But uh, you leave the food on, and then when the family for the meal on the second you would eat the food off the altar uh, to uh, share it with the, uh, your beloved ancestors. Other things, these are, this is a kalaka, and uh, they, they're huge. Uh, Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera were uh, famous for making them and collecting them. And if you go to the Blue House in uh, Coyacan, outside of Mexico City, you'll see part of their 
uh, collection. These are made in in San Miguel de Allende. They make huge uh, palacas that you get inside of them. They're like you have right here in the beard when you look out the dress or whatever, and they're huge. If you ever had the opportunity to go through that San Miguel. Where I live in Mexico is, is about 45 minutes from San Miguel de But I lived in Una Colonia, uh, Barrio, uh, with four Americanos. When I walk down the street, everybody turns around and looks at the gringo fellow. Out of place. Uh, the the lapel, the cut paper is um, symbolic of the wind, of uh, the light from the, the fire. Earth would be the food, the wind, and the fire of the light. Uh, so I hope you know a little bit more. And what I, what I advocate is not that you go home and build an operation like this. This is a Mexican tradition. It's not even a Latin American tradition. Uh, it's a Mexican tradition. And they do, like in Janine, uh, not from Ecuador, and Virginia from Colombia, uh, one from Cuba. Uh, you would go to the cemetery. It would be a day, day to remember your your uh, relatives and that type of thing. But they wouldn't build something like this. Uh, this is totally a Mexican. Uh, tradition. And then come up to here and it comes to like, like a, another part of Halloween. Halloween's one thing. And they never went, when I initially went to Mexico, they never celebrated Halloween. Now they celebrate Halloween. Because all when I first started going to Mexico, Papa Noel came to the children on January the uh, 6th. And uh, now, and that's when the closest kids will get their presents. Now, because uh, the closeness to the United States, they have an expression uh, in Mexico, so, so far away from heaven and so close to the United States. And, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, the kids watch the same movies our kids do. Coco is, has been the largest grossing <coughs> movie in Mexican history. It, I love it because it's in a, a caricaturish way, it has got all the Mexican uh, elements of Mexican culture and Mexican personality. Family is important. The grandmother, how many of you have seen? The grandmother, when I love my one of my favorite things, he goes to the plaza of the, the mariachi, and she comes and finds the the guitar, and she's telling him how to play music. And, and so she takes off her gondola, and she starts hitting that mariachi, and then before she puts it on her, her uh, leg, like it was a pistol, and, it on and then later on she takes it off and throws it at the dog, and, and she starts, don't hit her, don't hit her. Uh, the freedom of uh, street down the fallen forever. I'm not That's the way Mexican moms are. They're very careful because they get on the bottom of the head of the child. Or if they're not close enough, they'll throw it. Uh, but it's a great movie. And, and like I said, it's the 
opens up the uh, culture, the mix of culture is a very positive all of this. I had all sorts of stories to, to tell you. One of the things that I want to point to, I, I don't think we should adopt this. It's not us. It's me, because I, uh, I'm a, a Mexican woman. But uh, this time of year, at some time, some time of year, to set aside a time when you do, just a, a few weeks ago, I had a, a class happening in the and I carried my lunch up to eat with my friends uh, in the classroom, but it was so cold. I mean, it was just so cold in that classroom. I just had to get out and get out. So, you know, over on Midway with the uh, Cattle Parish School Administrator building here. Well, I wanted to get out, so I wanted to ride around the beach. And then I thought the cemetery. So I drove to Forest Park Cemetery and had lunch with my grandparents. And I had the most wonderful grandparents in the world. That lady that washed my feet. Uh, I could go on forever to tell this wonderful story. But family is important. Those people that came before, my, I had a aunt who just died recently, and she's uh, from uh, Mansfield. And so my cousin brought her ashes up to uh, spread on the family's land outside of Mansfield. And Winnie was wonderful. She was a great aunt. But when we were all together, who did we talk about? Grandma and Pa. And the experiences we had with two people from Winnie Parish who never got past the fourth grade. But they raised a wonderful family. All of their children went to uh, college and university. All of their grandchildren got one degree and got another degree. You know? And, and but the house was filled with love. Talk to your kids. The other thing to learn from Coco, not only family, but the strength and power of forgiveness. It's very important. Even after, it's never too late to forgive. Even if that person has died, I need to forgive. Uh, and then also, Miguel talked about finding his dream and being who he is. And it goes back and forth. He leaves, gets angry with his family, he leaves. He ends up in the land of the dead. Then he wants to go back. And finally, he, he, they tell him, well, you can go back, but you can't ever play music. Well, to go back, you'll do that. Well, in the end, he gets his family and he gets music. We've got to, to build that family of strength and love. I talked about myself. My father was a Southern Baptist minister. And uh, his baby boy turned out to be a gay man. And I had friends when they came out to their, their parents. I mean, I had one friend whose father took out a pistol and told him, don't ever come back in my house again. And he never did. He died alone. In New Orleans of AIDS during the, the AIDS crisis. And when I came out to my parents, it was a joyous, wonderful experience. My father put his arms around me and said, You're my son. How could I not love you? And how could I not accept you? And the last words I heard my father say before his accident died was, I 
understand. So he wanted him to be a Baptist minister. If he had his way, I would be a Southern Baptist preacher now. Uh, but he let me find my way. Uh, I love people. I'm blessed to have the best job in the world. I'm so happy that you guys are, are doing something. I deal with those kids I, I, at school, and it is a blessing to me. I'm probably the only teacher in Cattle Creek that gets up every morning and happy to go to school and stay till before 30, you know? But it's important that all of us find our dream and our path and our way within that family. And families are big enough to let the kids do their thing. Uh, and so it's really important. I could go on and tell stories about my, the kids. If y'all can in any way help uh, with what's happening at the border and the, the separation, I don't have any kids that were separated, but most of my kids were in detention with their parents. And uh, like I said, their sweet, bright life of joy and happiness and hope. And there, uh, one of my little girls, we were walking down the hall. I go pick them up, I gather up my class, and then I go down to my room because I don't want to be in some other teacher's room. I want my class. And so I gather them up, and copy out and she's walking the hall and she says, Mr. Schultz, do you know how I got my name? And she says, My name is working in Columbia. They're from uh, Honduras. And Honduras is poor. Columbia poor, but they're not as poor as Columbia as they are in Honduras. So Daddy lives in Columbia, and her mama was pregnant with her. And uh, she, she said, my daddy called my mama and said there was a grocery store uh, in where he lived, and the name of the grocery store was Kapiani, and he liked that name. He called her on the phone and said, you need to name my daughter Kapiani. And she was so happy and important that she, I said it better than she did. I heard her she was broken. And I turned around to her and I'm bad. I said, wow, that's a great story. I'm just glad we don't have all parts. But every day, these drivers like, and you know what happens to those kids? They become American. They become Americans, but they got hearts of gold. You can't stop them from becoming Americans. They're hearts of wisdom becoming Americans. Family, forgiveness, and letting your kids be who your kids are are the things to learn. And see what they're